Hey Chicago Fire fans and fans of MLS, this is Nick with a special vacation episode of Feed the Fire, a Chicago Fire podcast. I have been kicking it on a beautiful sunny beach for the last several days, and so we're going to have an abbreviated episode, but I'm going to touch on the Chicago Fire's latest win. I'm going to look ahead to their next match and uh, possibly give a little criticism of what MLS has done with Apple as far as their broadcasts go. First off, we got to recognize our sponsor, the one and only Skira Icelandic Spring Water. And man, I could go for a couple bottles of that right now. The naturally low mineral content in Skira makes it absolutely refreshing. Get out to your local 7-Eleven and grab a bottle or three. Now, as far as the Chicago Fire go, they got a historic win at Providence Park in Portland. Did I get all the alliteration in there? Was that enough letter P's? Providence Park in Portland, the fire win for the first time ever against the Portland Timbers. They have gone winless in Major League Soccer play against the Timbers in 10 matches. And wouldn't you know it, this fire squad, having what feels like a historically bad season, given their talent, given their talent, given everything else that's been going on with this club, somehow they gut it out. And of course, it's Ferber's. Fabian Herbers gets the early goal to give the fire the lead, starting in place of Shakiri, who's out on international duty. And then, who else but Kai Kamara to seal it late. Now, the fire do give up that equalizer late in a, or midway to late in the first half, which you had to kind of think that Portland was going to get one. The fire weren't playing very well. However, the fire did just enough of what they needed to do they got Kai Kamara into a dangerous space late and held on. Chris Brady, though, comes up big with some saves in this match. He has been playing really well, and he could probably be getting a lot more hype from MLS people around the league if it weren't for his defense hanging him out to dry and if it weren't for the Chicago Fire as a whole being an underwhelming team. Additionally, another star performance by Brian Gutierrez with two assists. He was making some great runs, getting into the corner areas, into those channels and half spaces, so to say, and then being able to feed the ball in the middle, especially to Herbers and Kamara for the two goals. So you have your young players really stepping up to get this historic win. So kudos to the fire. I didn't see it coming. Like I said, I'm going to title this episode, I Don't Get It, because I never would have thought that Chicago Fire would have gone to Portland but hey, maybe this break uh, prior to this match, this 9-10 day break they had, was just enough to get them some fresh legs, some fresh perspective, and gut it out against an injured Portland squad. They did not have their full complement of starters this match, so I will take this win with a grain of salt. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of at that point with the fire where I'm like, I, I just kind of hope they lose, so we have to blow things up. But, hey, they at least held off for one more week. Now, looking ahead to their next match, they are going to Sporting Kansas City. Another away match, another difficult place to play. So hopefully they take some inspiration from this Portland win. However, Kansas City started this season 10 games winless. 10 games without a win to open up their 2023 MLS campaign. 
And people were saying it's time to blow it up in Kansas City, get rid of Vermees' tactics, get rid of Vermees himself, move on from all their aging players. But you know what? Something clicked. And I think it was the fact that they got Alan Pulido uh, and got Ikinda healthy. Some of their players who came on late last season uh, ended up actually finding a bit of a rhythm with their current teammates. And Portland have won five of their last ten, picking up a couple draws too, and have moved a little bit up the Western Conference standings. So Portland, I'm sorry, so Kansas City is going to look to continue a decent run of form against the fire team. And here's where they can do it. Kansas City, according to the website fbref.com, leads the league in progressive carries and is top three, I believe, in progressive passes. When Kansas City gets the ball, they attack, they move forward. They are dribbling, they are passing, they are coming at you. And the Chicago Fire are going to have to keep a good formation. Their wingbacks and wingers cannot get pulled too far upfield, cannot be slacking. This cannot be a game where Gaston Jimenez decides to jog back on defense. Similarly, if Shakiri's back from international duty, which he may or may not be, depending on the Swiss's schedule, not a game where he can kind of lollygag in the middle of the field or wherever he is, he's been playing. So we know Kansas City is going to attack, and we will see how Klopas, interim manager Frank Klopas of the Fire, decides to line up his defense. If he elects to continue with a three-man back line, like we've seen with not a lot of success until this Portland match, or if he wants to go back to his four-man back line, uh, and we'll see if Carlos Tehran is healthy, if Wyatt Olmsberg is healthy. He came in this last match against Portland, so maybe we do see Chihos, Olmsberg, Miguel Navarro, and Arnaud Souquet as the typical starting four-man back line. Keep a lookout for that. I think that is what's going to determine this game. Additionally, on the offensive side of things, you need to look and see if Yorgos Kutsias, the Fire's young striker, is actually going to be playing as a striker. I think he and Shabilko as two striker pairing up top would serve the Fire well. It would give Gutierrez, as well as Fede Navarro and Gaston Jimenez, some options to pass to from the midfield, and we know Shabilko plays a lot better with a second striker. I think that could be the difference on the offensive side of the game. So please keep a lookout for that. Let me know what you guys think either on Twitter at GlassHouseSoccer or via email GlassHouseSoccer at gmail.com. Now speaking of Casper Shabilko, I'm going to use this as the jumping off point to really criticize the broadcast team. Specifically, I think Danielle Slayton in this Chicago Fire-Portland match and several other broadcast teams who have watched the Chicago Fire keep saying, like, oh, we know how great Shabilko is. And he's not. He was good in Philly two years, three years ago, maybe. But definitely not with the Chicago Fire, and definitely not as a lone striker. And it really bothers me that Danielle Slayton, someone who actually used to work for the Fire, is not doing her homework and she is going to be the person I pick on, but it is reflective of all these Apple broadcast teams. And I totally get it. You want to have league wide broadcast teams. You want to move away from those team specific broadcast teams because you want to kind of spread things around. You want to have a broader appeal. I get it. 
you maybe even modeling it a little bit after the NFL, who has their top broadcast teams calling their best games. But if that's going to work, you have to have them do their homework. What these Apple broadcast teams have shown us is that there's even less talent that can actually do the job of covering the league. And this game against Portland was a prime example of that, where they did not want to talk positively about the fire. They didn't know anything about the fire players and their recent history. And on top of it, I'm just not a fan of Danielle Slayton's voice on a broadcast doing play-by-play. Personal feelings aside, I think a lot of Fire fans would agree that the commentary over the last several matches have been subpar, and Apple needs to get on it, MLS needs to get on it. All right, one last bit of Chicago Fire news before I sign off. It has been rumored that the Chicago Fire have a new coach coming in from Greece, and he had been the coach of Cyprus's national team for a couple seasons, as well as coaching his entire career in Greece. Now, let's keep an eye on this, whether or not it's true. There were rumors he was at the Portland game. There were rumors that, um, you know, Frank Klopas was trying to bring him in, as well as Ange Postanoglu, who is now uh, taken over at Celtic. Um, Or, I'm sorry, who has left Celtic and taken over, I believe, at Tottenham. So... We will see if this Greek coach, and I will have a lot more details when I can sit down and research him uh, in, in our future upcoming episodes. But on the one hand, I have been told this is very underwhelming hire. This is the fire acting out of desperation. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel. They got to go find a journeyman coach from Greece. But on the flip side, who else is going to come to the Chicago fire? The organization is in shambles. The team is towards the bottom of the Eastern Conference. They have a hodgepodge of players. They don't even know how long you're going to have Gutierrez and Shakiri, your old star and your young star. You don't know what this roster is going to look like in a year or two from now with so many short-term deals. Why would anyone want to come here and coach the Chicago Fire? So I would say if you're going to criticize this incoming coach, and I'm sorry his name escapes me, um, Kostanoglu, I believe it is. Uh, and there was a Twitter report from Hellas Football, I think was the account that first broke this news. Uh, if you're going to criticize the coach, I would say, hold off. Don't criticize the coach for taking a job that was offered to him, right? As well, if you look at his winning percentage, he's got, it's, it's not terrible. I think it's right around, you know, like 40 to 50%, maybe around 50% or so winning percentage. Again, that doesn't take into account draws. And I'm excluding his time with Cyprus because Pep Guardiola is not going to give a Cyprus squad a, a, win, a good winning percentage because they just don't have the talent. Um, but if you, if you want to criticize him, yes, I think where you need to see is how he has not uh, held down a job for more than a couple of years. But again, Greece's soccer situation is definitely a lot less stable than Major League Soccer and many leagues around the world. And it looks to me, speculating here, that he had a lot of interim manager experience or temporary manager experience, kind of caretaking for teams or coming in and saving teams. But also, he did coach for Ike. And and you can't discount international experience with Cyprus, having to implement strategies quickly and playing it on the biggest stages. So I would say let's give him a chance, if this is in fact true, 
keep your eye on, on Twitter and the news, and we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive into this potential Chicago Fire coach on our next episode. And with that, an abbreviated vacation episode for you here on Feed the Fire. I want to thank our sponsor, Skira Icelandic Spring Water. Thank you to our loyal listeners who are going to continue to listen and support this podcast, even while I'm sitting on a beach somewhere. Thank you all, and enjoy all the matches. Let's go fire.